0: Praise the Lord, East Wind Pentecostal Church. It is so great to be back with you here today, Uh, though it might be virtually, uh, but it's just great to be back with you. I do look forward to when we can come back to Palm Bay, be together in service once again. Such a tremendous church that my family and I hold near and dear. I want to give honor to your leadership, uh, Pastor Myers, his family, Bishop and Sister Myers, and just the tremendous leadership team there. I know God is doing great things in spite of what's happening. It's always great to see the reports that come from East Wind. But I do believe there is a word uh, from God for somebody here. I'm not going to belabor the time as you watch this. It's my prayer that the word of God will speak to you and that the the spirit of God will manifest wherever you are and that you will receive what you need from God. I want to read from Psalms chapter 73. Read verses 2 and 3, Psalms chapter 73, and i read verses 2 and 3. The psalmist says, but as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped, for I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. I want to talk here for the next few moments simply about what happens in the house what happens in the house don't know if anybody is willing to be transparent enough to say that you can relate to what the psalmist was saying there in psalms uh, chapter 73 about how many times what you see around you in the people around you that it can sometimes affect you and cause you to almost slip cause you uh, to almost fall and and we live in perilous times and the bible lets us know clearly what the people of this world would be like in these perilous end times the bible lets us know that there would be wars and rumors of wars and there would be a unnatural love and unnatural lust and that the earth would be filled with violence and uh, knowledge would increase and the people would be lovers uh, of themselves and lovers of money boastful proud uh, abusive and disobedient to their parents ungrateful unholy without love unforgiving slanderous without self-control brutal not lovers of the good treacherous rash conceited uh, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God and having a form uh, of godliness but denying its power. And it's amazing to me just how accurately the scriptures uh, have, have just really nailed down what the people of this world would be like uh, in the last days. And the Bible lets us know that even nature itself has a role to play uh, in the last days so that we would expect to see earthquakes and diverse places and famine and deadly diseases and and unusual pestilences and and it's just amazing to me once again how uh, you can look at what's happening in our world look at the the dilemma that we find ourselves in now the pandemic and then uh, you look at all the cultural things and the things that so uh, accurately reflect what the Bible says would be happening uh, with the people of our world and with nature itself. And it's incredible to me uh, just how closely things are playing out uh, to what the word of God says would happen. And and so many people, uh, I, I think sometimes, and if we're, if we're honest with ourselves, we're all uh, may be at times where David was, where uh, you look around and you see the things that are happening around you. You see uh, the doom and the darkness and the gloom and the hopelessness and the destruction uh, in your world, and and you get to the point where uh, your feet almost slip, your feet are almost gone, and your steps uh, have well nigh slipped. I, I, I've i been there before where the things that are surrounding me uh, begins to speak to me and uh, begins to affect me. But, but I, I decided several years ago that I was going to change uh, the way I look at the things that are happening in our world because uh, I've decided now that The very fact that it's all happening uh, exactly the way the word of God said it was going to happen. The very fact that the people of the world are doing everything the Bible says they would be doing. Uh, The fact that nature is doing everything the Bible says that nature uh, would be doing in the last days. Uh, I've decided this will no longer be a source uh, of discouragement for me. uh, But this will be a source uh, of encouragement for me uh, because this will be a reminder uh, that my God really is uh, in control. Uh, This will be a reminder that nothing and nobody and nowhere uh, has caught God uh, off guard, that no matter um, what it looks like. It might feel uh, like things are spinning out of control. Uh, it might feel at times uh, like the enemy is in control. Uh, it might feel at times uh, like nobody is in control. Uh, but the very fact that everything is happening, uh, the way the word of God says it was going to happen, uh, is just one more reminder uh, that my God is in control. Uh, it's just one more reminder uh, that my God knew the ending from uh, the beginning beginning uh, it's just one more reminder uh, that my god is uh, a great god so i challenge you here uh, today to 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 not be so distracted by what's happening around us in our world yes uh, the people of the world are doing everything the Bible says that they would be doing. Uh, yes, nature is doing everything that the Bible says uh, that nature would be doing, uh, but you and I have to be sure uh, that, in the midst of everything that's happening, uh, that you and I are still uh, the end-time church uh, that's doing everything that the Bible says uh, the end-time church would be doing. Uh, because the same Bible uh, that lets us know what the people in this world uh, would be doing, uh, the same Bible that lets us know uh, what nature itself uh, would be doing. That same Bible also lets us know that in spite of what's happening, there will still be a triumphant church. That Bible lets us know that in the last days that God will still pour out of his spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Can I talk to East Wind in this service here today? It's not time to become so distracted by by what's happening outside uh, that you lose sight uh, of the house of God. Uh, It's not time uh, to become so distracted uh, by what's happening outside uh, that you lose sight uh, of the kingdom of God. Uh, It's not time uh, to become so distracted uh, that you lose sight uh, of what you're meant to be uh, and what you're meant to do. Uh, There will still be a a triumphant uh, apostolic church uh, in uh, this end time. Doesn't matter what it feels like. Doesn't matter what it looks like. The Word of God declares uh, that there will be uh, an end-time church and uh, that this message, this gospel will be preached uh, all over this world. So we're in this world, but we're not of this world. But we are in this world. I know it sometimes sounds like semantics, but that's something I like to remind myself. We're in this world but we're not of this world, but we are in this world. We, we can't lose sight of that fact that we are in this world. And so we see the things that surround us because we are in this world. We sometimes suffer consequences of what's happening in our world because we're in this world. We sometimes see the things that are evil, and things that seem to be unfair because we are in this world. We sometimes see what seems to be bad things happen to good people because we are in this world. But if we ever allow ourselves to become so focused on what's happening around us and we can't see beyond what's happening around us, we will find ourselves affected. We will find uh, our churches affected. We will find uh, our families affected. But as we read in our text, this is not a new phenomenon. This is what David was experiencing in Psalms chapter 73. David talked about how his feet almost stumbled and his step almost slipped. Then when he went on to explain why this happened, he said it was because he was looking around at the people who were not serving God and things that he was observing around him were knocking him off balance and causing him to almost fall. He said he was envious when he saw the prosperity of the wicked. Can anybody relate to that where it seems like not only does bad things happen to good people, but sometimes it seems like good things happen to bad people. He became envious when he saw the prosperity of the wicked. David says when he looked at them, he says uh, that they seemed strong and it seemed like they... Uh, did not have the troubles that other people had. And he said their pride covered them like a necklace and their violence covered them like clothing. But in spite of this, in spite of their evil, in spite of their pride, in spite of their ungodliness, David said it seems like they have more than they needed. David said he heard them speak wickedly against God, but yet these ungodly people seem to always be at ease and to increase in riches. And so in verse 13, David begins to feel that maybe he has been cleansing his own heart for no reason, that maybe he's been trying to live for God in vain because he's been trying to do the right things But it seems that he has so many problems in comparison to those who were not trying to do the right things. Can anybody relate to that? David is discouraged. Because it seems that those who are not trying to live for God are living such a carefree, happy life. They seem to have wealth and They seem to have increase and they seem to be at ease. But he's been trying to live a pure life. He's been trying to cleanse his heart. And he's starting to wonder maybe that he's been trying to do the right things in vain. And in the depths of this struggle, he says in verse 16, when I thought how to understand this, it was too painful for me the psalmist is being vulnerable with his emotions trying to understand what's happening when I look around at my world I look in the mirror I don't understand these things it's painful for me but then everything changes in verse 17 he says until I went into the sanctuary of God then uh, I understood uh, their end. I'm preaching here about what happens in the house. What happens in the sanctuary of God. Yes, I feel God everywhere I go. And yes, I am a sanctuary everywhere I go. But there's still something powerful about having a place in your life. That's dedicated to the glory of God, dedicated to the presence of God. It's it's it's, it's a powerful thing to have. A, a place where the Bible says that you should assemble yourself together. And when you come together, when you come to the house of God, something happens in the house of God. And we see this in Psalms chapter 73. Something happened. We see 16 verses where the psalmist is down. 16 verses where the psalmist's foot is about to slip. 16 verses where he's so distracted and so discouraged by what's happening around him but then in verse 17 he says until i went into the sanctuary of god and then everything began to change and from that verse on his perspective has changed he begins to realize things might look one way right now but that is not the end things might look one way right now and they might seem to be at ease right now but that is not the end and i might seem to be cast down right now but that is not the the end. Uh, but when I come uh, to the house of God, uh, I get a perspective uh, that I can't get uh, from anywhere else. Uh, I get a reminder that I can't get from uh, anywhere else uh, until I went uh, into the sanctuary uh, of God. When he went to the house of God, everything changed. When he went to the house of God, he left a different man. When he went to the house of God, uh, his song changed. When he went to the house of God, his mind was lifted. When he went to the house of God, his spirit was lifted. Somebody needs to hear this, especially in this time when going to the house of God has been such a challenge. I believe there are some of you who have had that testimony. You might have gone several weeks without being able to go to the house of God, but then when you got back to the house of God, something began to change. When you got into the atmosphere, uh, when you got into the glory of God, uh, your mind, your spirit, uh, your heart began uh, to lift. Uh, Something happens uh, in uh, the house. Before that chapter is finished, he's no longer talking about how he's going to slip and how he's going to fall. But he says in verse 26, he says my flesh and my heart fail. But God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. That's why I come to the house of God because my flesh and my heart can fail. When I look around what's happening in my world, my flesh and my heart can fail. When I'm disconnected from the house of God and the people of God, my flesh and my heart can fail. But God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Sometimes I just have to come back to the house to just be reminded of who God is. Sometimes I just have to come back to the house and connect uh, with my brothers and sisters uh, and receive the strength that comes uh, from the house of God. So, all the envy, all the discouragement that David was feeling in Psalm 73, it began when his eyes saw the prosperity of the wicked. And it did not end until he entered the sanctuary, took his eyes off of people, came to the house of God, and looked to God again. I don't know your circumstance. Don't know if you're able to come to the house of God right now. But there should be something on the inside that says if I The moment I can come into the house of God, I'm tired of looking, seeing what's happening around me, looking at people, becoming discouraged, disillusioned by what I see. I need to get to the house and let God reveal himself. Something happens in the house. Towards the end of the book of Ezekiel, God gave Ezekiel a vision of another house, a vision of a temple. God told Ezekiel in this vision to tell the people everything that he saw, that God was giving Ezekiel this vision for a reason. It was to be symbolic, and he wanted him to take note of everything that he saw in this temple, everything that he saw in this house. In Ezekiel 44, 5, in the NIV, Ezekiel says, The Lord said to me, son of man, look carefully, listen closely, and give attention to everything I tell you concerning all the regulations and instructions regarding the temple of the Lord. It says, Give attention to the entrance to the temple and all the exits of the sanctuary. He tells Ezekiel, In Ezekiel 44, 5, to give close attention to all the regulations and specifications concerning the temple. But he says, pay closer, special attention to the entrances and the exits. So we read in several chapters in Ezekiel great detail about the temple. And these details, they reveal much revelation about God and mankind. And we find much in the symbolism in those chapters. But having told Ezekiel to pay close attention to the entrances and the exits, Ezekiel recorded that there were three entrances and exits. There was one in the north and one in the south, one in the east, none in the west. So in Ezekiel 44, verses 1 and 2, he says, Then he brought me back the way of the gate of the outward sanctuary, which looked towards the east, and it was shut. Then the Lord said to me, This gate shall be shut. It shall not be opened, and no man shall enter in by it, because the Lord, the God of Israel, has entered in by it. Therefore, it shall be shut. Ezekiel lets us know that this entrance in the east was reserved for the glory of God. That nobody, nothing else was allowed to come in uh, by the way uh, of that eastern gate. We read earlier in the history of Israel that the glory of God uh, had left Israel. But in Ezekiel's vision, we saw the glory of God return like a flood. uh, through the eastern gate, and that glory filled uh, the temple. There's something about having that avenue reserved for the glory of God. Nobody and nothing else was allowed uh, to come in uh, that way uh, because without the glory, the temple uh, is just another building. Uh, without the glory, uh, nothing will, of significance uh, will happen in uh, the temple uh, and in the house of God. Uh, before you do anything else, uh, you have to make sure uh, that you have an avenue uh, for the glory of God uh, to come in. Uh, if lives uh, are going to be changed uh, at Eastwind, uh, it's going to be because you've made an avenue uh, for the glory of God uh, to come in. Uh, if lives uh, are going to be transformed, if strongholds are going to be broken, if addictions are going to be broken. It's going to be because you say, yes, we've got great programs. Yes, we've got a great infrastructure, but we've got an avenue. The Eastern Gate is open and we invite the glory of God to come into this house. We invite the glory of God to dwell in this place. God told Ezekiel, That once the glory came in to that gate, that gate was to be shut forever. The glory is here, and the glory is here to stay. Hear me when I say that nothing, nobody can take the place of the glory of God. Uh, There's an entrance uh, into this church uh, that's reserved uh, for the glory of God. Uh, There's an entrance uh, into my life uh, that's reserved uh, for the glory of God. Uh, There's an entrance uh, into my spirit uh, that's reserved uh, for the glory of God. Uh, And once his glory comes in, uh, you've got to make up your mind uh, that you're not going to lose it, uh, that you're going to shut the gate. uh, Now that the glory is here, uh, the glory is here uh, to stay. Uh, Yes, I can afford uh, to lose people, uh, but I can't lose his glory. Uh, I can afford uh, to lose things, uh, but I can't lose uh, his glory. Uh, The church uh, must have the glory of God. Uh, We've got to be able to say like David, uh, arise, O Lord, uh, into thy rest. Uh, You are welcome here. Uh, The eastern gate uh, has been opened, uh, and we invite your presence uh, uh, into the house. So that eastern gate into the house of God was reserved For the glory of God, and only the glory of God. But in Ezekiel 46, verse 9, Ezekiel addressed the other two gates that he saw. God told him in Ezekiel 46, 9, But when the people of the the land shall come before the Lord in the solemn feast, he that entereth in by the way of the north gate to worship, shall go out by the way of the south gate. And he that entereth by the way of the south gate shall go forth by the way of the north gate. He shall not return by the way of the gate whereby he came in, but shall go forth over against it. So Ezekiel is saying that when the people came in, they did not come in through that eastern gate. But when they came in, they came in through the north gates. And the south gates the bible says that they could come in through whichever gate they chose to come in it didn't matter which of those gates they came in they could come in through whichever gate was convenient whichever direction you were traveling from whatever worked best for you it didn't matter how you came in. There was no rule uh, attached uh, to how uh, you came in uh, to where the glory was. The only rule that was recorded was that you could not leave the same way you came in. That if you came in uh, through the north gate, you had to leave uh, through the south gate. And if you came in uh, through the south gate, uh, you had to leave uh, through the north gate. You cannot come in to his glory and turn around and leave the way you came. There's a message here that I hope that East Wind will grab a hold of. Don't come into the presence of God and see his glory. Don't come into the presence of God. Don't come to the house of God and see his glory and then turn around and walk out the way that you came in. But whenever you encounter the presence of God, something ought to happen that allows you to move forward uh, and transform uh, and walk out different. Uh, There's got to be something on uh, the inside of you uh, that understands uh, that something can happen uh, in the house. Uh, Every time you come uh, to the house of God, uh, something can happen uh, and you can leave uh, with a complete uh, transformation. Uh, You can leave uh, walking different uh, than how uh, you came in. So when you come to the house of God, the message is Come as you are. Come from whichever direction life has taken you. There is no judgment attached to how you come into the house. And some churches have mastered this theology of come as you are. They preach it. They believe it. Come as you are. Some churches stop there. Come as you are. We welcome you. Come as you are. But I'm preaching here. Something happens in the house. So, yes, come as you are, but don't stay that way. Whenever you come into the presence of God, Whenever you come uh, into the house of God, uh, you don't have to leave uh, the way you came in. Uh, It doesn't matter what anybody else has said uh, about your circumstance. Uh, It doesn't matter what anybody else has said uh, about your situation. Uh, They might have said uh, that you were born that way uh, and you're going to die that way. Uh, They might have said uh, that you'll never change uh, and nothing will ever last uh, in your life. Uh, It doesn't matter uh, what anybody else says. Uh, Whenever you come uh, into the house, uh, something uh, can happen uh, and you can leave different than how uh, you came in there are so many people who can testify whenever you come to the house of God you're surrounded by people who can give you their testimony what happened when they came to the house so many of us don't look like what we've been through Don't look like where we've been. So many of us have come in one way and had an encounter in the house, left different. Don't lose the importance of what can happen in the house. Don't lose the importance. Of the lives that can be changed in the house. You know, sometimes if we're not careful, we'll diminish the value of the house. Yes, I know that we are the church, I know that I can feel God anywhere. But it's been my experience that so many transformations that occur occur in the house. How many people receive the Holy Ghost in the house? How many people are baptized in the name of Jesus in the house? Things can happen in the house. It doesn't matter how you come in the house, something can happen that enables you to leave different. This all begins with a deep conviction that every time you come into the presence of God, that you don't have to leave the way you came and that something can happen in the house. God told Ezekiel, At every time they came into the temple, they were to leave a different way. Didn't matter how many times they had been there. Can I talk to somebody who had been walking with God for decades? Been to the house of God hundreds, if not thousands of times? Even you, sir, even you, ma'am. Something can happen in the house. And every time you leave the house of God, you're meant to leave different. It's God's desire that his manifest presence, his glory, is revealed in the house. It's his desire that we usher his glory into the house. And it's his desire then that everybody leave different than how they came in. And so once again, there's no judgment attached to how you come into the house. Something can happen. I feel the Holy Ghost. There may be times when you'll come to the house broken, but you can leave whole. There may be times you'll come to the house wailing, but you can leave dancing. There may be times you'll come to the house in ashes, but you can leave with beauty. Maybe times you'll come to the house weakened, but you can leave strengthened. There'll be times you'll come to the house cast down, but you can leave lifted up. You can come sick and leave healed. Come weeping, Leave with the joy of the Holy Ghost. You can come bound and be delivered. The most powerful thing about Ezekiel's vision to me is the end result of what happens. when the temple was there and the glory came in. and then the people came in, they left different. The end result was that that glory was no longer confined to the temple. But the temple became an epicenter. And the Bible says that the glory came running out of that eastern gate. And contrary to what you might expect, you might expect that the closer you are to the source, the deeper that river of glory would be. But Ezekiel found that as he walked away from the temple, that the glory was greater and greater. And he started off walking in ankle-deep waters, but by the time it was all said and done, he was swimming. I believe this world needs that to happen. And I believe it can happen at Eastwind. you'll allow his glory to fill the house and if you make a commitment that every time you come in to the house that you're not going to leave the way you came but everything that God wants to happen in the house is going to happen not in somebody else's life not just for the one that needs the Holy Ghost but in you that you will allow something to happen in the house that will enable you to leave different. And if you'll do that, the glory that will sweep through Palm Bay won't be able to be contained by four walls, won't be able to be contained by city limits. The glory of God will be revealed. That is my prayer for you. Let's pray. In the name of Jesus, God, let there be all across this great body of believers. Let there be a fresh appreciation for your house. Let there be a fresh appreciation for what can happen in your house. Let there be a fresh appreciation for your glory, your presence, the lives that are changed in your house. And let there be a conviction that all the more we are going to see your will done in our church. All the more we're going to see your glory revealed in our church. And all the more our lives are going to be transformed every time we come to the house. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.